Welcome to Foster Carolina's podcast, connecting the Carolinas to foster care. Welcome to Foster Carolinas. I'm your host, Susanna Cavanaugh. I'm also the executive director of Lisa These Carolinas. And I'm so excited about today's episode. But before I tell you who our guest is, there's several things coming up that we need your help with. We have Bridge Camp that is scheduled for August 6th through the 10th. And we need volunteers. We need counselors. So if you're interested in helping with Bridge Camp, would you please go to our social media pages Facebook or Twitter or um, Instagram, and you can find more information there. You can also go to our website at lotcarolinas.com. That's the biggest thing that we have coming up, and we also, uh, on the horizon in September, we've got uh, Matthew West coming, so you can check out all the details on our website for that as well. But today, I'm so excited to welcome a youth, Hannah, that was actually in foster care, and she came into care, I think, when she was 17 years old. And so we've welcomed her into the podcast room and listen in to her story. It's so exciting to be here today with Hannah. How are you? Well, how are you? Good. So I was going to give a little backdrop. Um, well, you you were in foster care, right? Is that what happened? Yes. Do you want to talk about that just a little bit? Like what, how you ended up there? No specifics, but just like how old you were and that kind of thing. Yeah. So um, I got removed from my uh, home at 17 and I was able to go immediately into my foster family's care um, and I have just known them as my family ever since. But 17, that's kind of scary at 17. Yeah, it definitely was one of the most challenging years of my life for sure. It definitely think of 17 as one of those standout transforming years in my life. Yeah. So were you friends with this family before or? It's actually crazy because um, Sierra, my sister, she's the same age as me when she's a little older than me, but she um, went to school with me and we have gone to school together all through our high school life. And we never really talked because she was, she was popular and I was not. <laughs> I, not I don't believe that. Hannah. I don't believe it. <laughs> and um, we... I worked at an ice cream shop in Stanley called Morgan's Dairy Bar and Cafe. Um, it was a great first experience uh, for a first job also. But Sierra ended up getting a job there. And at first I thought that we weren't going to get along because she was like the cheerleader. And I was very like ROTC. <laughs> but we ended up getting along really well. And um, just some incidents happened while we were at the ice cream shop with my biological family. And um, she called her mom, which is also now my mom at the time now, <laughs> but it was her mom at the time. And um, her mom made a call to DSS and they were just able to put me directly with them because DSS already knew them as foster parents. That's so cool. 
Um, so, I mean, it, being removed from your home or having to live somewhere else is traumatic, but I would say it's less traumatic if you already know the family a little bit. Had you met them yet or had you just heard Sierra talk about them? Yeah, I had never met them before. I just heard Sierra talk about them and I had only known Sierra really for like maybe a couple of months at that point too. So we were friends because we worked together, but we weren't close friends at that point. So it was a overwhelming experience altogether. I was very scared. I remember um, the first night my mom being like, do you want to take a shower? And I was just like, no, like, I don't want to impose upon your home because <laughs> there was brand new people. And I didn't want to, like, overstep into their boundaries, you know. <laughs> so if you could talk to foster parents, that's what such a unique perspective. Um, And they have a teenager or any child coming into their home. What would you say to foster parents? Like, what's some advice, some tips? Um, I would say... Like, the things that made me feel really, like, comfortable and loved were just the everyday things. Like, at the end of the night, um, the girls would, like, always gather in our parents' bedroom, and they would always invite me along to, like, sit at the foot of the bed and talk at the end of the night, and we would, like, pray together. And I just remember, like, those moments being, like, the special ones that made me feel like everything was going to be okay. So just like including them in the everyday things, mm -hmm. the things that you don't think matter are really what matters to like the, to the kid. Mm -hmm. So things that are very natural and normal for the foster family, make sure you continue those things and include the, the new kids in your home because they want to be a yeah. part of that too. Yeah, because I had never known that kind of like tenderness. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that is what, um, made it special for me. So I guess just being like extra tender with them, honestly, because they've probably not known that kind of genuine love and emotion. Yeah. So was that your senior year? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. We graduated um, like a few months later. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is crazy. Um, so, and we'll, I'm going to go back because you, so you needed to, um, you wanted to volunteer for an organization and you reached out to us just recently and I took the phone call and at first I was like, I don't know that we have anything for you to do, but I had talked to, to some of the staff and they're like, no, 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 we have some things that we would like for her to do. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I'll call her back. So I called you back and you came in and, um, you had been here almost a whole day and, um, I came back there just to talk to you and find out just more about you, I guess. And you said, oh, well, I was actually in foster care. And of course my ears picked up, you know, perked up. And I was like, oh my goodness, I got to hear this story. <laughs> um, and then you started talking about your parents and different things. And I finally said, who are your parents? And you told me their names. You said, um, Sarah Altizer. And I was like, oh my gosh, like Sarah is one of my friends. <laughs> and what you didn't know at the time, but um, in 2013, we, at least at these Carolinas, uh, put on our very first Be the Difference event. And a Be the Difference event uh, is a concert, and it's all about getting people to say yes to foster care mm -hmm. and to get licensed and get to prepared and do something for children in foster care. And so I remember her being at that event and me talking to her more about it. And I think that was the, that's kind of when they decided, okay, we are, we're doing this. We're becoming foster parents. But that was in 2013 and you didn't come on the scene till 2016, 2016. Mm -hmm. And so 
But so thankful that in 2013, they said yes, yes, so that three years later, they could say yes to you. Yes. That is such a sweet and cool story. Um, and I just want to thank you for being brave and speaking out. And um, is there, I mean, is there anything else you, you want um, our, the folks that watch our videos to know about kids in foster care? Is there any other, anything, you, you and Sierra probably have talked about it a time or two. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, while I've been volunteering, I've just been like reminded of, um, just like small little things that probably don't matter to the people who are donating the items, um, cause they're just like old things that they're getting rid of maybe, but to a, a kid who doesn't have, it really makes such a difference. Like we, I, we got a couple prom dresses, um, the other day and I remember, feeling like I really wasn't going to be able to go to my senior year prom because I wasn't going to be able to have a dress. And thankfully, um, my mom got me one, so I was able to go. But going from uh, not being able to go to my senior year prom, which is something that I feel like really shapes your senior year experience. Yes. Like, it's such a big deal when you're that age. Mm -hmm. um, to being able to go was such a big deal for me at that point in my life. And just, like, to think of a, a kid going from not being able to go to, like, even their eighth grade prom to being yeah. able to go and do that social event like normal with all of their friends is such an amazing, like, difference maker. Like, it's such a big change. Um, and I also think I've gone to a Be the Difference event. Have you? Oh, oh yeah, you did. I think y'all did when we had it at First Assembly one year. With Matthew West. Yes, with yes. Matthew West. Yes. Well, I you'll have to, to come one. in uh, September <laughs> when he comes back through. Um, that is so cool. Well, um, we also, we, we do camp and things like that as well yes. for, for kids in foster care. But, so you've been in the Bag of Hope room and you've kind of seen what we put in those bags. Yeah. And um, I don't know why you never got a bag, but we'll, we'll fix that. So you've been in our office and you've kind of seen what we've put in Bag of Hope. Is there something that specifically sticks out to you that maybe, um, I don't know, mean would mean would have meant a lot to you or whatever? Mm -hmm. um, I think just the Bag of Hope all together. Um, I remember specifically whenever I first, um, it was the first couple of days when I was with my new family and they, my mom took me to get some clothing because um, I didn't have anything with me at the time. And I remember feeling like shame and guilt and just like embarrassed that she was going to have to buy things for me because I didn't have. Um, so I think like, honestly, I've just like been sitting and reflecting and thinking about the difference that a bag of hope would have made at that time to where I wouldn't have felt the shame and guilt, which God bless her for doing that for me. And I still have those items that she got me, even though they don't fit me anymore. Cause I can't get rid of them. Now they're sentimental. Oh my gosh. That's so, sweet. Uh. so it helps that it doesn't come from that foster parent, that it, it, it comes from somebody else or, or some other entity. Yeah. I, I've like never a heard a whole it. organization that's made to help kids in foster care. That way you don't like, you don't, I don't feel like they would have to feel like the guilt and the shame because it really does. You just feel embarrassed that you don't have and that someone else has to provide for you. Yeah. Especially like 
in those kinds of homes, a lot of times, like, you're breeded to not ask for help. So accepting it becomes really hard as a kid. Yeah. And into your adulthood. Something that I've struggled with, to be honest, for a, a long time. But I think that my foster family really helped with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I, I, th- I hear this from kids that y'all just want to be treated like normal kids. Like, you want to do all the normal stuff. You want to go to prom. You want to yeah. just do all those normal things. And did you tell a lot of people that you had become a foster child or did you just like keep it on the down low? Um, I told like my immediate, like my close friends because they knew what was going on with me. But yeah, I didn't mention it to anybody really. And I even got like pulled out of class every week for a therapy that the school provided for me. And I still didn't tell anybody what I was doing when I got pulled out of class. I I just kept it to myself aside from, like, my immediate friends. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing a little bit of your story. And I hope we'll see you more and more and volunteer more and more. And how does it feel to give back to an organization that helps, you know, help 17-year-old youth? Yeah. It feels really good. It feels... um it feels like a really good use of my time. It feels like the time that I'm spending here is really going to a good cause. Like I know that what I'm doing is down the line going to help spark the joy in somebody else. And uh, so I asked you to speak to the foster parents. What if there's a foster youth watching this? They're watching this video right now and they're 13, 14, 15. And they're like, oh, I don't know. I, I don't have a whole lot of hope. What would you say to them? Um, I would say that you have to learn to accept the kindness that is around you. Um, and when people do start to offer you like love and kindness that you've not known before to accept it because it is real and it's beautiful and it's a really amazing opportunity to know love that you'll never get again so accept it and enjoy it and live in your new life and your new family whenever you get there and for now look forward to it so what I hear you saying is it's hard to trust it's really hard to trust when you've whatever you've come out of has not been trust-based it's hard to It's hard to trust that people are loving you for the right reasons or they're investing in you in the right reasons. Mm -hmm. So be authentic. Yeah. Foster parents, I hear her saying be authentic with these kids and make sure that you're loving them the right way and have the proper um, motivation for that. Yeah. Because you could probably read somebody better than anybody, I would imagine. (laughs) Can you read people pretty well, Hannah? I I feel like I really can. I'm the hiring manager at my job because I can vibe check people pretty good, I feel like. (laughs) That's right. Well, thank you so much for for being on the video and for sharing, like I said, your story. And we will be seeing you more and more and just excited to have you. So thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for Foster Carolinas. And now, guys, come on. Everybody can do something for kids in foster care. What is your something?